Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, what happened? Ah, how do you lose to the Los Angeles Rams ah, with a quarterback that was just signed ah, on Tuesday? Ah, I cannot believe the wild ending for Thursday night football. Baker Mayfield getting the W over the Las Vegas Raiders. And listen, for this episode, I have two topics, right? Already written out. I got my notes right here with me. And I'm looking at the two topics. And I got to flip them because of what just happened Thursday night football. I just can't even believe it. Baker Mayfield with the game-winning touchdown, the game-winning drive on his own 90 like they had 98 yards to go and he's on his own two yard line with no timeouts to go all the way down the field to score the touchdown to win the game Baker Mayfield still has it and I actually want to talk about Baker Mayfield to the LA Rams it's one of the topics that I had written down I was gonna give some time to talk about this I'm gonna talk about it right now because he deserves the spotlight When the Los Angeles Rams got Matt Stafford and they win a Super Bowl, they took Matt Stafford from football poverty and said, we need to figure this out. You bring Matt Stafford and you win a Super Bowl. And after the Rams having a disgusting season, Matt Stafford's hurt. He's on his way out. Jimmy Garoppolo, rival to the Las Vegas, to the LA Rams, I should say, he gets hurt. Baker Mayfield gets cut, and you figure when Baker Mayfield got cut this past week, you figure, okay, he's going to go to San Francisco. Like, that's the replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. No. The Rams put the waiver in for Baker Mayfield. They pick up Baker, and people are like, what are you kind of doing? I looked at this move as a fantastic move for Sean McVay. Sean McVay is auditioning the quarterback position, seeing if Baker Mayfield wants to win the job. And I think... On Thursday Night Football, he's the new starter for the Los Angeles Rams going forward. I think Matt Stafford, when you take his injury, it's time to hang it up. No one's going to fault you for that. Matt Stafford has earned himself a Hall of Fame career. And I think it's time to move on. The Los Angeles Rams, very interesting story right now. Because you take the first rounders don't matter, right? They trade everything away. You get all the star players. Salary cap doesn't matter to them. They add everything in. They go to a Super Bowl against the Patriots. They lose. They find out, we got to get a new quarterback. You go out. You grab that new quarterback. You bring Matt Stafford in. He gets a Super Bowl in his first year. Now, all of a sudden, injuries have piled up. You're kind of looking on the way down. If Sean McVay can take Baker Mayfield and make Baker Mayfield into what he was supposed to be, like what you just saw on Thursday Night Football, Sean McVay is going to look like a football genius. He's already being labeled that way. Like, he is the new Bill Belichick, right? That's what you hear about Sean McVay. When you look at Baker Mayfield, everyone's rooting for him. I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield's success. I don't think anyone's going against Baker Mayfield. Like, when Baker Mayfield was drafted for the Cleveland Browns, people wanted Baker Mayfield to look like what Johnny Menzel was supposed to be. And I... Felt bad for Baker Mayfield. Because Baker has new coaches every year, new offensive system every year. And I feel that when he made to that playoffs in 2020, COVID year, you beat the Steelers like, all right, finally Baker's getting over that hump. And interesting enough, 
I was out in Canton in August. I went to Cleveland. I went to training camp. I talked to fans out there. I want their perspective. I want the fans' perspective. I don't want media perspective. I don't want people. I want the fans that know the team. And I said, what's your thoughts about Baker going to Carolina, right? You got the Deshaun Watson. It's a, it's a whole story. Baker's out. And I, a couple people said Baker had a little ego problem that Baker feels that he was the one that let him in there. And the defense feels that they were the ones that got them to the playoffs. And I just feel that Baker really never had that true, true opportunity of a breakthrough in Cleveland. And I think just enough to get to the playoffs, just enough to stay competitive. And it's enough that, you know, he just needs the right coach around him. And him going to Carolina, there was no, oh, he's going to go save Carolina and it was just a holding place. I think he's found his new home. You start on Thursday Night Football. He got signed two days prior. Starts practicing with the team. Calling audibles in the game that they just learned the day before. Man, I am just so hyped up for Baker Mayfield. I, I know the Rams aren't going anywhere this season. The Rams ain't doing anything this season. But if McVay can work with Baker and over these next four games that they have and show something... I think this offseason could be big for the Rams. You get Cooper Cup back. Maybe you sign Odell back next year. Maybe they go out and get somebody, get a couple weapons for Baker. And as long as that coach puts it together, that team, that team might go places with Baker. Keep an eye out for that. Everybody, this is episode two. Babs on the mic. Episode two, man. We're here. We're going. Two episodes in the same week. This is what we're going to keep doing. These rants are going to go on. And listen, I appreciate everybody who has listened to the first episode. And if you haven't, you can go back on any major podcast platform. We're still learning. We're still doing things. I think I need a little bit better audio. I'm I'm investing into microphones right now. I got to look for the right microphone. I film this, record this on my iPhone. So if you have any suggestions, my DMs are open. My DMs are always open for anybody who has any criticism of the show. Anyone that wants to help me out in terms of This is what I think you should do. And always leave a review. Five star, write a review. Help me out. Help me keep pushing this. Let's let's, this what we're here to do. Help each other out. That's what we want to do. All right. I do want to go back to Thursday Night Football. And I'm going to change the possession. Because I just hyped up Baker Mayfield and the LA Rams. So excited for Baker. We got to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders on the other side. Because the point of where I was going to go With the start of the show, which looked like it for 59 minutes, was that the Las Vegas Raiders were going to be only a half game back from the New England Patriots. A half game back from that seven seed right there. They were right there. The grasp was right there. If you watched, I I watched most of the game. Saw the ending, of course. The Las Vegas Raiders looked great to start the game. Go right down the field. Seven points couple third down throws. Devontae Adams looks great. I watched that team. I'm like, how are the Patriots going to beat this Las Vegas Raiders team coming up? Because Pats Nation, this West Coast trip that's coming up right now, this is must win. Both games are must wins. And when you see the epic collapse tonight of the Las Vegas Raiders, there's hope. There is hope for the New England Patriots. I'm telling you, you got to win Monday Night Football against the Cardinals. You got to win that Sunday game now against the Raiders. But there is hope because that Las Vegas Raiders team is now going to sit on this loss for 10 days. They could have been winning this game and they should have won the game. They could have went back to Las Vegas tonight saying, hey, 
We're six and seven. We're right there. We just beat the Patriots. We're right there at 500. They can't do that anymore. They're five and eight. Their playoff chances are now down to what? 5%? What's that team going to do? Who's blaming who right now on the plane ride home to Las Vegas? I, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that the Las Vegas Raiders that were up 16 to three in this game could not find a way to win. Is it Derek Carr? Is it Josh McDaniels? Who is it? Because one week it's one guy, the next week it's the next guy. There's been absolutely no consistency. It felt like they were just clicking. Don't sleep on the Raiders. Like, how how are they going to be able to cover Devontae Adams? We'll find out in 10 day, you know, 10 days away. Will they be able to stop Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs got a little banged up at the end there. Are they going to shut him down for the season? A lot of questions going to come out for the Raiders. And we're going to talk a lot of Raiders over the next week or so. Because that's going to be a major game for that Sunday game. I I am just... I'm going to tell you right now what I want. You know what I want? you If you know Babs right now, and you're listening, and I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, you know what I want. It's motherfucking Stidham season. That's what I want. I want Jared Stidham out there. I want to see what Stidham has. Because I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I have a theory. I've, I've been saying this. McDaniels got Stidham in there because Stidham knows the offensive play calling that McDaniels wants. Stidham's there to teach Carr and get, they just haven't been on the same page. McDaniels did this when he went to Denver. The Jay Cutler, Kyle Orton doing the QB swap. He wanted his guy and he fucked that up. And I'm telling you, I think McDaniels knows that if he can put Stidham in there, he's going to do what he's supposed to do. There's no conflict going on. I don't know. I just, I feel that Carr McDaniels is just not on that same page. And tonight showed it. Tonight absolutely showed. They were, how can you go down the field? Seven, nothing. Look great. Your defense looks great. I'm glad I'm not a Raiders fan. I can tell you that. All right. Babs is going to throw a curveball right here. A little curveball. Maybe a Tim Wakefield knuckleball. Because we primarily talk Patriots football and NFL items. I mean, I'm going to go all over the place. I can talk whatever the fuck I want to talk about, right? It's my show, right? There's no agenda. There's topics that I have written out that I want to talk about. It's no real agenda. We're going to go with the flow, right? I want to get into some major news that happened the last couple days. Some news that felt more important than the NFL. It's baseball. Baseball took over for like a day or two, right? Because Aaron Judge signed a nine-year, $360 million deal with the New York Yankees. And I'm going to tell you right now, a little discretion. I'm a casual. I'm a casual when it comes to baseball, basketball, hockey. Don't take the things I say that serious. Just listen to how I feel as a fan, as you as a fan will feel the same way. I looked at Aaron Judge's contract as this. I'm happy for him. I think it's a smart business move. He is a New York Yankee. Not many guys stay with the same team. They go out, chase that big bag. I get it. That's absolutely fine. If Judge continues the path that he's on, and Judge keeps going forward and wins a World Series. He's going to retire a Yankee, gets his number retired, goes into the Hall of Fame as a Yankee. Like that's a huge deal for the history of baseball. I I I look at that at that way. As a Red Sox fan, I look at it as 
I want Aaron Judge on that team because I want that superstar playing against you. You know, come down to Fenway, you go that out to New York. Because I want to see him strike out. I want to see him struggle. I want my heart broken by Aaron Judge. It's going to happen, right? I want my heart broken in the ninth inning from Aaron Judge. I, I, I don't mind that. I like to have that superstardom stay in New York to keep a rival fresh. Because I'm telling you this, the Red Sox-Yankees rival hasn't really existed in almost close to 20 years. That It doesn't match up to what you had in the late 90s and early 2000s. When you go to the Boston Red Sox, everyone feels a little gloomy right now because Alexander Bogart signs an 11-year, $280 million deal with San Diego. Everyone's, oh, X-Man, it's so sad. Why didn't, the, why didn't the Red Sox sign him? Why aren't they spending money? I mean, listen, I told you I'm already a casual, but I'm casual enough to know. Didn't this already, the writing was already on the wall? Like before the season even started last year? When they went out and got Trevor Story, a shortstop that's going to take over for Bogarts anyways. Yeah, he threw him at second base. Didn't really work out that well. It took him a while to get caught up. But, I mean, you already kind of knew the writing was on the wall. They're the same age, 30 years old. You already signed Trevor to a big deal. He's going to take over shortstop. There's a there's a kid in the, in the minors. He's, he's supposed to be like the top two prospect who's a shortstop. He's going to come up in a couple years. I, I felt like the Bogarts was on his way out. Now, I get it, like, you want, like, that guy to root for, right? You you invest into somebody. I, I get it. I think a lot of Red Sox fans, like, I, I, want, I see what they're doing, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it might be. I think they're overreacting, making Xander Bogarts look like he was Mookie Betts, by the way. that That's what it feels like. It's like, guys, he's moved on. 11-year deal? It's not happening here. Now, I will say this. Rafael Devers, you, you sign that guy. You build your team around that one guy. You, that's what you really do need to do. But I'll say this. I'm going to give Jay Lassard, Jay Lassard a little shout out here. Because he had a tweet. And that tweet said, Henry, John Henry, has won four titles since buying the Red Sox. And in that same time, the Patriots won six Super Bowls. So why does John Henry get shit on for not overpaying stars and Belichick gets praised for it? And he's got some truth to that. Trust John Henry and trust the Red Sox and trust that and saying, we're not going to overpay for these guys that are getting to a certain age. We still have our farm system intact. We're still going to put the best product we can on the field. You're going to have these bad seasons. I know, bad taste in your mouth last season, last place, right? Season before that, you're in the ALCS. It's that up and down, up and down. That's what's been happening with the Red Sox. The highs and the lows, baby. I, I, that's it. I want to go on to other tweets, right? And just talked about Jay Lassard's tweet. I want to talk about some tweets that I've seen over the last couple days, right? The first one, Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph was asked what he sees from the Patriots offense. He said the Pats do a lot in the short game screens and constructive approach. It's like a defensive guy is calling the offense and he said it with a smile. I mean, shots fucking fired right in your face, Matt Patricia. The smile on your face. I mean, he shouldn't be talking shit. That team absolutely blows chunks. But he's, I mean, when you look at the the replies to that from Patriots Nation, from other, it's like, it's true. It's true. And it, it, it makes the offense like, I can't believe we're going through this right now. A defensive coordinator calling the offensive play calling. And they've said this in the last episode, and you can listen back on it. I said the first thing the Patriots have to do this offseason, whenever the offseason starts, whether it's January 9th, Monday, 
or it's the week after the wild card weekend if they're in the wild card. You got to get an offensive coordinator ASAP. It's got to be the first move. Because when January comes and it's, or, and it's February 1st and we're doing this and I'm talking to you and you're listening to me, if we don't have an offensive coordinator, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go absolutely apeshit. And Bill, we trust always. And Bill, we trust. I'm going to stay that way. But I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't want to get to that spot. Just get a fucking offensive coordinator. I want to move on to another tweet I saw. Charlie Weiss said he was not a fan of Kendrick Bourne's post-game comments. Quote, I don't ever remember anyone even doing that. Was he in the Pro Bowl last year? Oh, no. How about the year before that? Okay. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? Oh, okay. Charlie Weiss pretty much backing up Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, and the way they're handling Kendrick Bourne, and I think it's disgusting. I've asked the people, whether it's Instagram, whether it's in person, how they feel about Kendrick Bourne's situation. It's the boiling point for him. It shouldn't have even gotten to this position right now. I understand Kendrick Bourne's frustrations. Like, he's pissed. He's so pissed off. And yeah, you people say, well, you got to act professional at all times. No. Give me the fucking ball. Like, that's what he's saying. Give me the opportunity. Give me the fucking chance. This should have been squashed at the beginning of the season. And Kendrick's an outspoken guy. This snowballed into an absolute shit show. I cannot believe it's gotten to this point. And Charlie Weiss is right. Where's Kendrick Bourne's Pro Bowls? You know, is he a Hall of Fame? I, I get where Weiss has that old school mentality. But Charlie, let me tell you something. Tom Brady ain't here anymore. Like, you can't do that whole, like, because that's what happened with Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry came in, thought he was tough, the toughest guy in the locker room. I'm the best receiver. Yeah, you got shut down pretty quickly. That never worked out. You don't have that anymore. And I think Kendrick Bourne has earned the right to speak because he was arguably one of the best wide receivers last year with rookie Mac Jones. He should be able to speak. Especially what he's seeing with the product on the field. And he hasn't even been given that opportunity to go out there. I'm, I'm fired up with Kendrick Bourne. Because I just don't want to see Kendrick Bourne leave the New England Patriots and go succeed elsewhere. Because I feel like that's going to end up happening. I feel like that's going to end up happening. Mark Daniels puts out there because they had a little interview Thursday with Mac Jones. Mark Daniels asked to Mac Jones, do you have enough time to fix this offense? Mac Jones replies, we have the guys to do it. We have the coaches to do it. It starts this week. Oh, you got to feel so good about that. You got to like, like the Mac Jones. If you're a non-believer in Mac Jones, I, I can see why you're saying that. I can see. But Mac Jones, since that Chicago benching, has really changed himself. He looks he, he like he looks like a little bit better. He looks like he cares. He's trying to again, he's a game manager at this point. He's saying the right things. He's showing the right passion. I'm I'm all bought in on Mac Jones. I am that is equivalent. What Mac Jones said is equivalent to Jalen Brown saying the energy is about to shift. That's what it felt like. That's what I read in that. Let me overread it. I don't care. I want to believe in Mac Jones. I want to believe into his passion. I want to believe into him being a locker room leader. Because the Patriots haven't had one in quite some time. 
the Patriots, once Tom Brady was out of here, who's going to step up and be the locker room leader? Because you still had some of these vets hanging around. Yes, Devin McCourty, locker room leader. David Andrews, locker room leader. You have uh, maybe Judon as a locker room leader. It got to come from your quarterback. Your quarterback, the guy. He is the guy, right? He gets all the praise. He gets all the blame. starts with the quarterback. I want Mac Jones to grab that brass ring, man. And I want Mac Jones to be that leader because I'm telling you, the way the season has happened, Mac Jones is getting no blame. No blame of how the season's going. Everyone, everyone's saying it's coaching staff. That's why Mac Jones, I think, is starting to look like a leader because the players still believe in him. It's the things he's saying, the things he's doing, and he's trying. He has not given up. And like I said, other quarterbacks would have already given up on the season. He's not doing that. That makes me excited because guess what, baby? Road trip, road dome, two straight road dome trips, right? They got uh, two straight games on the road. We want to get that road dome, baby. Like, that's what I want. I want Mac Jones to be thrown for 300-plus yards. I need to see a two-touchdown game out of Mac Jones. I need to see something. Open it up. Get us excited because guess what? This is the time of the year where you have to go on a run. The Patriots are 6-6. Six and six. And guess what, Pats Nation? It's doable. I saw the tweet out today. The tweet said, the Patriots win Monday Night Football. The Patriots have a 40% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, it's like a 13%. Right now, it's currently at 25. Anything is possible at this stage. Example. If you want to check out my Instagram, at Babs on the Mic, you go on Twitter, at Babs on the Mic. I posted the photo just a couple days ago. One year ago at this time, right around this time, the Patriots were in first place. They were at 9-4. and four. And You know how the season ended after that. They only got one more win and they lost in the wild card. I'm going to read off the AFC standings last year, right around this time in December. The Patriots at first place, 9-4. and four. The Titans second place, 9-4. and four. Kansas City Chiefs, 9-4. and four. Baltimore Ravens in fourth place at 8-5. and five. Chargers fifth place, 8-5. and five. From 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, all those teams were 7-6. and six. In order, Indianapolis, Buffalo. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Denver, 11, Pittsburgh, 6-6-1, six, six, 12, Las Vegas Raiders at 6-7, 13, Miami, 6-7. Six, the 12th place, Las Vegas Raiders, who were 6-7, ended up passing the Patriots later on. Had to win that Sunday night football game, the last game of the season against the Chargers to make it in. And they had a higher seed than the Patriots. Remember that. The Buffalo Bills at this time. We're 7-6 and six and ended up having a higher seed and won the division. So I'm telling you, there's still time left. This is the crazy. I was saying this to my buddy T-Guns. I said, December football in the NFL brings out the craziness. We already just saw it. Thursday Night Football. The Rams coming back down 16-3 with Baker Mayfield, who just signed to win the game. Amazon Prime definitely earned what they got off of that, right? That was awesome. You're going to start seeing the craziness. The Patriots are in that right spot, but they have to obviously do your job. Like That's what you need to see. So I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. I like that Max in it. The players seem like they're in it because they know it's do or die. They know that this could happen. And on top of that, 
I heard Scott Zolak say something earlier in the day, and he said how important this West Coast trip is because you're spending five straight days, six straight days with your teammates bunkered down together. And I took it two ways because they've already done that twice this season. It hasn't worked out. They went out to Las Vegas for a full week. They got their doors blown off by the backups of the Las Vegas Raiders in the third preseason game. They went down to Miami for a week, right before week one, and they got their doors blown off by Miami. Maybe the third time's a charm. Because I will say this, you win Monday Night Football, and if you have that seven seed, you're in Arizona for five days, together as a unit. That's great bonding time. That's a great time to say, we can do this. We can go on a run. We can go into Las Vegas, who now has just fucked themselves up. We can beat them. That's That's... That could happen. I'm rooting for it. There's no easy games going forward. You can, like sometimes I'm questioning the Monday night game. Like, are they even going to win it? But this is what makes it exciting. This is what makes it exciting. I want to talk now about other excitement. You know, we just saw a comeback Thursday night football. Baker Mayfield going right down. I think he was imitating somebody, right? Remember Baker Mayfield in that? NFL 100 commercial, he was holding all those rings, the rings of Tom Brady, the GOAT, the king of the comeback, because Tom Brady did that on Monday Night Football, and Baker Mayfield repeated it on Thursday Night Football. Tom Brady was also down in his game, and I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you until this Tom Brady game, I didn't watch a single thing until the very last play of the game, sitting at home. I'm, I'm kind of like keeping up on my score app. But I don't really care about the Tampa. I'm not a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I'm a Brady fan. I support them. I'm not going to go out of my way. It, does, it doesn't matter. I didn't want to go out of my way watching other stuff. I look and someone texted me and was like, you got you to gotta put this on. I just put it on with the last play to go. It makes my heart feel all warm inside to see Tom Brady get his 20th win on Monday Night Football. Tom Brady passing Peyton Manning for the most game-winning fourth-quarter drives, whatever the fucking stat is. He passed Peyton Manning, did it on the Manning cast. It's awesome. Tom Brady needs a lot. Like, like it's been such a love-hate relationship over these last few years. The guy left. He said, see you later. I'm out of here. Oh, I got pushed out. It was amicable like they both left at the city knew what they were doing he got pushed out but when I look at Tom Brady you still have he's he's still your love he's still your love he's the enemy he's still your love love hate relationship and you look at Tom Brady and he had the quote quote retirement and then he's like nope I'm coming back and I'm gonna do this without Gronk and then he loses his wife and he got burned by FTX People need to remember that. He got burnt by FTX pretty bad. It's not been a good season. The fact of the matter is that the Tampa Bay Bucks are still leading. I'm telling you this. The Patriots, whenever they officially get eliminated, which I hope they don't, I got to root for Tom Brady. I, just, I ain't root for the Bucs. I got to root for Tom Brady. You got to keep rooting for Tom Brady. I want to see him overcome these great odds yet again. And just absolutely tear through the NFC and win the Super Bowl. And it's such a cop-out because in 2020, I did not ride with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to ride with Brady and support it. But I just, I just, I, I felt so weird. Times changed. 
I'm, I'm all in on Tom. I'm going to go through some questions real quick. And I appreciate all those on Instagram in my story that reached out and I said, hey, I'm going to throw some questions, you know, just if you throw down, tell me some topics, plenty of people that reached out and have said, Babs, can you talk about this? Here's my questions, this and that. So what I'm going to do is I got to fix this, going to get my lighting back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take about two or three questions a week. That's what I'm going to do and read them off. So also, if you have a weird username, just tell me your first name. Because I got this guy, J-J-G-I-P-P. What the one is? Jijagip? Jijagip? Is that your name? Let me tie this in because he, it, it was great. Because we just talked about Tom Brady and his comeback and how awesome that was. He wants me to discuss the crazy Brady return to New England and all the news. I am telling you right now, Tom Brady's not coming back to play for the New England Patriots. Do I want it to happen? Of course. Of course. But that means if you bring Tom Brady back, you absolutely axe Mac Jones. Tom Brady ain't coming in to mentor Mac Jones and catch him up to speed. Tom Brady's the ultimate competitor. He will kick Mac Jones off the team. He wants to guarantee his job. He ain't coming in here to support Mac Jones. He ain't here to do any of that bullshit. He's here to play. That's what that's what Tom Brady's going to do. Tom Brady should go to San Francisco. I mean, it's wide open for him to go there right now. That's what it looks like. Go to San Francisco. Go to your childhood childhood team, Tom Brady. I'm cool with that. Go with another team. As long as you come back and sign that one-day contract, as long as you do that, that's cool. Retire a Patriot. Just remember where you got your first six Super Bowls and not your next three possible Super Bowls, right? I want to say that news that came out made me feel disgusted because it was literally a Jeff Howe clickbait article of a what-if Tom Brady comes back. And because the word Tom Brady and Patriots, and comeback, we're all in the same sentence, it got fucking carried everywhere. And I'll tell you this, Babs has info sometimes. I told you, Babs gets, Babs gets a little info here and there. Jeff Howe was the one to report to Ian Rappaport about David Andrews' possible season-ending injury. That Remember Ian Rappaport came out and said it's going to be season-ending injury? Right? The source was Jeff Howe! So that's when I saw all this linked up and I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Stop it. It's not happening. I already went out on Instagram, did a, did a little video for it. So it's not happening. Would I love it? I'm not going to deny it. Like if it, if it happened, I'd be like, wow, I can't believe this happened. It'd make the organization look dumb because why don't you just sign Brady in the first place? Why don't you just throw him the money? Because if you had Tom Brady since 2020, they would be in a way better place than they are what they have right now. But I, like I said, I'm going to go back. I like what Mac Jones is doing. You got him in a sophomore season. He's still progressing. The future of the franchise will be fine. I don't want this one-year rental Tom Brady to try to possibly win one more Super Bowl. I want the franchise to continue to have success. I do still trust the direction of where the franchise is going. Corey. No. Kobe. Kobe Robbins, 04. Great question right now. And I had to do some research because he said... How are the Pats going to be able to neutralize Hopkins and Adams over the next two games? Kobe. Kobe with the, with the C. Kobe. Not even that. How are you going to neutralize Jamar Chase the game after that? How about Stefan Diggs? How about Waddle and Tyreek Hill? And I went back and like a couple of games skimming through it. Week one, Tyreek Hill, 94 yards. 
Waddle had 69 and a touchdown. When you look at all the rest of the games from week one on, they got burnt by tight ends. Like a Deontay Johnson had like a decent game. A couple of these 50 yards, 60 yards, but nothing that pops off. And I'm looking for superstars because that's what it is. Hopkins, superstar-ish. You know, we give him respect. Adam, superstar. He is. He looked crazy. He looked crazy against the Rams. Justin Jefferson had 139 and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, 92 yards and a touchdown. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at about 90 yards and a touchdown is what you're going to be giving up to every main receiver going forward for the rest of the next five games. Do you trust Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones? Do you trust that secondary? This is going to be a great test for the entire secondary. I said this probably preseason-ish, whatever. I say a lot of things, right? I said one of the things that I'm going to be looking for is who steps up as a true number one corner, who is going to be the guy, and if you don't find the guy, go out this offseason and get the guy. Get the Browner Revis. Go get the Stephon Gilmore. Go get that guy. I know Bill, I know Bill can find it. Bill has had plenty of success finding that top corner or getting someone from the ground up within the system of a J.C. Jackson or the Band-Aid that stayed on a little longer with Malcolm Butler. They'll find it. I think they have it with Jack Jones. I like Jack Jones. Love Jack Jones. Love his swagger. You remember this? When the Patriots went on that run, I believe 2018, I, I, was it 2017 or 2018? God, I got to get this up. Like, I need to look this up. Point of the matter is, when J.C. Jackson came on the scene, he didn't come on the scene till mid-December. Seriously. I think it was Pittsburgh. He had his best game. I think it was a 2018 season. I think Pittsburgh had a great game. And then they had Buffalo and Miami at home. J.C. Jackson just went on a shutdown tear. Yes, he had Stephon Gilmore on the other side, but J.C. Jackson started getting noticed. That's what you might see out of one of these young bucks. That's what I want to see over the next five games. Lastly, last question, Ethan. Ethan Zaviza. Is that what you say? Zaviza. Zaviza. Ethan Zaviza. He wants me to discuss of the wagon going on between the Celtics and Bruins. And, you know, we could get a little NBA NHL talk. You're going to hear the most... Stupid casual takes when it comes to that. Maybe Celtics a little bit more. It's been fun, man. It's been absolutely fun to see what the Celtics and Bruins are doing around the garden. I'm in that area a lot of the TD Garden. Last summer, like let's talk about two summers, all right? 2019 Bruins, when they went to the Stanley Cup against the Blues, the vibes around the garden for that entire June was immaculate. We go into COVID and you just thought the world was never going to fix itself. And the Celtics get to the finals last year. Again, even that whole playoff run, just so immaculate around the TD Garden. And I said, I said this um, to Taylor Rooks when I was doing the filming for the commercial for Amazon Prime. You know, the little spotlight that I'm only there for like 15 seconds, but it takes you three hours to film. I was saying Boston is such like a melting pot of all cultures that we have differences, right? And we can have differences in what we see in day-to-day or how our lives are different. But when these Boston sports are on, we're all on the same team. We're all rooting the same cause. Some might know more than others, but we all have one goal in mind, and it's to see your team 
the Boston Celtics, the Boston Bruins, New England Patriots, Boston Red Sox. You know, even if you live out in LA and you're a different fan, like we're all on the same team. We want to see success out of the team that we root for, we die for. That's what I love about what the Celtics and Bruins are doing because I'm already thinking about fucking April and May. I'm already thinking about those watch parties at Big Night Live. I'm already thinking about how we're going to pack 300 people in for a watch party together and how awesome those vibes are going to be. I can't wait to get out to a Bruins or Celtics game this year. I haven't been able to because they're a little, a little expensive. I don't, Babs doesn't have the plug like that. But man, the Bruins, the fact that they were down 3-1 to one against the Las Vegas Knights to come back to go to overtime, to go to a shootout. And yes, you lose to Bruce Cassidy. Of course, Bruce is going to be the one that ends the home streak. It's got to end at one point. To see the Celtics go to Phoenix and go 45 points on Phoenix, who's the number one seed at the time in the Western Conference. They're on something right now. They're clicking. It's great to see this. Um, as long as they stay healthy, they can go places. You get Rob Williams back for the Celtics. Like It's excitement. Literally just coast the rest of the year. I hope Tatum's a ball hog. I want Tatum to be a ball. I want him to win MVP. You have something with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is going to, like again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jason Tatum is earning that spot where he's going to take a step above Paul Pierce in all time in terms of what you look at a Celtic. And you give him a couple years, he's got to play at that high level. Maybe he can match Larry Bird. Maybe he could get there. And I know the old heads are going to say, you don't know what you're talking about. No one's going to ever match Larry Bird. I didn't say he is Larry Bird. But what Larry Bird did in the 80s, I want to see happen now. Because I wasn't alive in the 80s to see that happen. I want to see it in the now. I want to see that out of Jason Tatum. And I hope Jalen Brown stays. I hope we get to see those that tandem stay together in Boston. There's something there, something magical. And I'm glad that the Boston Celtics were able to move on from Ime Udoka. Udoka. Ime Udoka. Say that a bunch of times. And to showcase that the players... Still have it. That was awesome. That's it. That's it for this episode. Babs on the mic. We made it. I told you, keep it under 40 minutes. I just looked at the time. Under 40 minutes. That's what we do. Under 40. Appreciate it. Babs on the mic. Leave a review, comment, subscribe. I appreciate all the support. We're going to get better at this. I don't know what it sounds like until after I'm done recording. Next episode is going to be coming out Monday morning. It will be a Cardinals versus Patriots preview. And when I do previews for these games, it ain't X's and O's. That's not the type of person I am. I'm about the drama. I'm about the storylines. I want to just talk. That's all I want to talk about. I'm not here to break things down and this and that. You got other people to do that. Talk about how the Patriots get to the seventh seed. How they can move over and grind and hype you guys up to make you run through a brick wall. You guys have a good one. Appreciate it. Babs in the mic. We out.